believe you're the savior of our soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. While Christ is true to who he is, which we'll get to in just a second, but Peter, Peter's denial is very serious because he, it just is. And yet Christ forgave him and restored him. That's comforting and encouraging and something that we should take to heart for our failures. Denying the Lord is something we should avoid at all costs if we can. And if for some reason we feel like we did, then may we just weep like Peter and go forward in grace as best we know how, like all those believers in China 115, 110 years ago from the Boxer Rebellion. And may we be the people that we stand with, with those who stand with the Savior. Because it is easy to, well, Satan said it best. Remember what he said in Job? Skin for skin, all this man has, he'll give to save his life. We're very prone towards self-preservation. Let us be the women and the men, young and old, who learn from our mistakes, grow in grace, are bold for the Lord, confess his name in our timeline. And when we finish this journey, that we can look right up as dimensions are changing and we can say, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith and I have finished the race. Praise God Peter got restored. And praise God for all that God did through him after that. It's very encouraging. But Peter did not confess Christ. And there's a powerful lesson for us in many different perspectives on that. Now Jesus takes the beating, verse 63 to 65. These guys beat him. He's blindfolded. So you can't, you can't kind of cringe, you know, like expect it. Like if, you know, you're taking a karate class or something or Krav Maga or just, you know, Taekwondo, whatever, judo. Like, you're striking, and you, you know the strike's coming. Sometimes you flinch before they even, like, hey, I didn't even do anything. You're, like, you're already flinching, you know? I did crowd my golf for a year, and I got, I got beat up pretty good. So, like, I'd go, like, and there's certain guys that hit hard. I'd, I'd flinch. I could see it coming. Like, oh, it's that guy. He, this guy kicks hard, man. It's going to hurt. My wife's like, why'd you quit? I'm like, it hurt. I'm tired of getting beat on, man. <laughs> you know? Well, that's part of the process, because it is self-defense, you know? So you got to take a beating. You're like, I... I think I learned some basic things. Avoid fighting at all costs. That's what I learned, you know. <laughs> at all costs, it's like, hey, you know, whoo, one way, peace, you know, like whatever. But uh, Jesus couldn't flinch, right? He couldn't, he couldn't, I mean, he's Jesus, so maybe he knew the blows were coming, but the idea is very malicious. If someone's blindfolded and you're beating on them, you've crossed the line. If you're a human being and you've blindfolded somebody and you're beating them, you've crossed the line. You're going in the realm of barbaric. Like, it's just, it's inhumane, it's cruelty, it's malice, it's great evil, but you find in, in all testimonies of war how uh, depravity sets in and it just, man, you just cross lines you can't come back from. It's like those guys when the stones rolled away, those guards. What line did they cross that they could see the angels and still go back and tell a lie for money? 
Like you just cross lines that your conscience is seared and your soul is poisoned and you can't come back from them. This is a great evil these men did, but Jesus endured this for us. Jesus endured this beating for us. If you've ever had a beat down, no one likes a beat down. If you've ever had someone really give you a pretty good beating, it's, it's like a car wreck. If you've ever been in a car wreck, you're, you're sore for a long time. No one likes a beating. It's a beat down. But notice in the morning when Jesus, those guys just do what they're going to do. Those people come and go. Like, I don't even know what to say about these guys. Who are these guys, right? It's like, this is a weird scene, right? If we're at a play, this scene opens up. It's just these guys who don't know. It's the middle of the night, and they're beating on Jesus and mocking him and blaspheming him, and then it's over. Like, who were these guys? They're not Pilate. They're not Herod the Tetrarch. They're not the high priest. Who are these guys? These guys are clowns, man. These guys are evil men. That's what they are. They're just evil men jumping on the malice bandwagon doing what evil men do. I don't like them. I don't like them at all. We move on from them. But then Jesus brought before the chief priest. They were cowards. Those men were cowards. They have nothing to do with our kingdom. Unless they got saved, which means they're not cowards anymore. As soon as, remember in the kingdom, you know who's outside. Don't forget in Revelation. Who's outside the kingdom? Cowards. Cowards do not make it to heaven. In the end of the Bible, it made very clear for us there are no cowards in heaven. These guys are cowards. But in the day when the elders and the chief priests were gathered together and they took him to the council, and this is where it really starts to go. And the key phrase that ties it all, the whole inquiry, inquisition, whatever is over, when they said to Jesus in verse 70, Art, just tell us plainly, are you the son of God? And he said, you rightly say that I am. Remember, John the Baptist introduced Jesus to Israel with those two statements. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and this is the Son of God. I see him bear witness. This is the Son of God. And of course, the Father spoke. This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus is the Son of Man, which is a messianic title that the Messiah would be when he came in the Old Testament. When the Messiah would come, he'd be referred to the Son of Man. He's the ideal man. He's the perfect man. He is. He never sinned. But he's God. He's the Son of God. He's deity. He's, he's God. And he's the Son of God. He's true to who he is. Like, you know, you are who you are. So, if, like, I have a U.S. passport, and if someone said, is this you? I'd say, yeah, this is me. I'm Joseph Perrin. Here's my birth certificate. I was born in Cleveland, Ohio in 1961. Like, here's all the history of my driver's license in California. Like, I am who I am. For better or for worse, you are who you are. We all, I am who I am for better or for worse. We can't deny who we are. Like, we're, we're citizens, you know. Our DNA is DNA. If people want to do an ancestry background and they're related to us, they can track us down. If our DNA is out there somewhere, we are who we are, and there's no one like you. Peter can deny deny the Lord, but the Lord is still the Lord. You see, whether we confess Jesus or not as Lord, whether we bow the knee or humanity bows the knee, or people we love and care about bow the knee to Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the Son of God. You speak rightly. He is the Son of God. We're going to all step into eternity and find out what every generation before us has found out, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that's never going to change. You speak rightly. He is the Son of God. And as the Son of God, we know that all things are made by him, right? And all things are made for him. And nothing was made that was not made without him. And the Father loves the Son and has committed all things to the Son. The Father judges no one, but has committed judgment 
to the Son. The Father is over the universe, but no one has seen the Father, but the only begotten of the Father, the Son. He has declared him to us full of grace and truth. And that grace and truth is the light and the life of men. And all those wonderful things Jesus did, how he you know, healed the healed the woman with the flow of blood, raised Jairus' daughter from, from just all the things he did that were beautiful for humanity, all the depth of truth he taught. We are reminded tonight that he came to die on the cross for our sins. And that Lamb of God sacrificed for 1,500 years under the Mosaic Covenant for the nation of Israel all pointed to Jesus, and here he is. And by the way, it's noteworthy. The high priest Caiaphas says in the Gospel of John, when they're saying, what are we going to do about Jesus at, on this day? He said, look, you guys, you don't understand. It's ex- or, in the context of this week, it's expedient that one person die for the nation. This he spoke not because he really knew anything, but because he prophesied being the high priest. In other words, Caiaphas literally spoke like donkey speak that it was pertinent that one person would die for the nation. He literally said that. And we're told by the Holy Spirit. He didn't say it because he is spiritual. He said it because the Holy Spirit came upon him and he prophesied because God recognized the office of the high priest, not the person who was the high priest. Jesus is the son of God, son of man, the Messiah that came to die on the cross for our sins. And he is the son of God. And we see here that very interesting to us in verse 67 thinking about Jesus and his confession being who he is. He said, they said, are are you the Christ? Tell us. And he said, well, if I tell you, you'll by no means believe. Here's the reality that we all live with when we go to work and we live in this experience of humanity and this timeline that God's given us. There are people, no matter what, they're by no means going to believe. We had a simple theology in our home when our kids were growing up, and I share this fairly often, but our kids would just be baffled by certain things with human behavior concerning the Lord or just concerning the human experience. And we'd say, well, you know, Timmy, Luke, Hannah, Leah, it works like this. Some people get it. They've received Christ. They're born again of the Spirit. They have the mind of the Spirit, and they get it. They're in tune with the, the universe and what God's got going on. They're born again. They get it. Some people don't get it, and they're going to get it. Like when Uncle John got saved, my brother-in-law, after his mother died of cancer, watching my wife, Jennifer, take care of her mom dying of cancer, something happened where he just, he got saved. He went from the biggest mocker to the biggest believer, and he was baptized that same Saturday in June that Hannah was the same day. Uncle John and Hannah got baptized the same day in Oceanside, Oceanside Pier on the north side long ago, 97, summer of 97. So some people don't get it, he used to sit there at family gatherings and mock us. He particularly mocked the Lord coming for his church. That was his favorite thing to mock. So you're going to go, woo, 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 woo. That's what he would do. I'd be like, it's, you know, you know, you know, I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and then he was just radically saved. He got radically saved. And so some people don't get it and then they will get it. That's, you know, we, we love people. We forgive people. We're gracious with people. We're merciful to people. We're, we're benevolent. We're compassionate. We're gentle. We're kind. And we hope they'll get it because we're showing them Jesus in our actions, our words, and reactions. And we hope they'll get it. And some people plant, other people water, but the Lord gives the increase. And that's how it works. But, you know, some people aren't going to get it. Some people just aren't going to get it. I'd like to tell the whole world, get it now 
which is what the Bible says, today's the day of salvation, because you see when people get older and they don't get it, how bad they look when they're older and they don't get it. Let the reader understand if you know what I'm talking about. When people start to lose it and they never had it and they didn't get it, man, it gets really ugly. It gets really ugly. There's no turning back. Imploding within on all that unbelief. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit would come into the world, which he did on the day of Pentecost fully in the human experience, he would convict the world of sin because they believeth not on me. So the work of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives, a spirit-filled life, as we love on people and care about people, as people who don't know the Lord look at us, the Holy Spirit's actually convicting them of sin for their unbelief. That's what he's doing. Of righteousness, because Christ goes to be with the Father through his resurrection. He rose on the third day, as he said. And of judgment, because the devil's been judged in this world. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. But the sin is unbelief. And you know, like when when he says, if I tell you, you by no means believe, it's like, man, there are some people, there's nothing that you can say that will win them to Christ. There are some people, there's no miracle that you can do that will win them to Christ. You could walk into their family situation where someone's dying and you could raise that person from the dead and those people will not be turned to Christ. These people said, give us a sign. He's like, how many signs can I give you? I'll give you the last sign of Jonah as he was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights so the son of man will be in the grave. There's just, the signs won't do it for some people. The conviction of the Holy Spirit with truth won't do it because we're told by the parable of the soils the Satan like a bird pulls it right out of their heart like Some people just don't get it. And here's the tricky part. We just don't know who they are. (laughs) You don't know if God allows someone who doesn't get it and is never going to get it into your life just to refine you and prepare you to sand the rough edges for eternity. Or God might have someone in your life that doesn't get it, and how you handle and respond is the very way that they are going to get it. You just don't know. But we're not all going to heaven. There's no universal salvation. There's one Savior, but as many as received him, he gave the right to become the children of God. No one's born again when they're born. You're born once, and we, under sin and death, we must be born again through faith in Jesus Christ and receiving him. And he just, you know, they, they wouldn't, you will by no means believe. Like, this is Jesus, this is God. He's coming to his own people saying, whatever I do, you're not going to believe. There's just, and that's why Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, look, there comes a point where you just got to walk away. There's just not, there's nothing more to do. Paul the Apostle said this to those in ministry, rejected the vice of person after the first and second admonition, knowing that they're warped and sinning and self-condemned. Like, there just comes a point where like, you, where it's contentious and it's just not bearing fruit. You just, you just, you walk away. There's just not, the kingdoms are in conflict, and some people are just never going to believe. And we want to win people through love and truth and conviction and character and courage, but some people are just never going to believe, like these guys. We just don't want to be those people, and we want to pray for everybody and hope that they wouldn't be those people. Such a huge... There's 8 billion people on this planet, and we have the impact and influence on a very small group of people. And God allows that impact and influence on these people through your life and through my life that we can show them Christ and win them to Christ by how we carry ourselves with them. We live and then we're gone. Just like the church in previous generations. We're here and then we're gone. Doing the memorial for the 39-year-old mother, Vanessa Schroeder, who passed away just a few weeks ago, 
leaving behind two children, just reminded me the urgency of time, the frailty of time, and the, just the need for the passion for the kingdom. And when I shared at her memorial, her husband was here last week. Uh, when I shared at her memorial, I, I said there's four things about Vanessa I remember very clearly. Her wedding day at Little Corona. I don't even know how we did a wedding at Little Corona without a per- I just don't know how we did that. It was beautiful. I remember that day so clearly. Her desire for a child, unable to have a child, so she adopted. Many of you have adopted in this room. The love of someone to adopt a stranger and commit your life to them forever is amazing. And then the miracle baby she had, Ezra, after all that. She was told she'd never have children. And man, that first service she showed up with Ezra, it was just like, God, you are good. And the fourth memory is her sitting in that seat right there, front row, off and on for 12 years. And it reminded me as a pastor that I'm very grateful I teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. Because she sat under my teaching, and she's gone. And she's the first person I did her wedding and her funeral in 30 years of ministry. We are here, and we're gone. And if you can just pass in your sleep when you're 39, believe me, there's a lot of ways we can go. We are just one breath from eternity. And we have the good confession, and we have faith in Jesus, the Savior. We do believe, and that's why we're here. We're looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We want to be the people that are the exact opposite of these religious leaders where Jesus said, you by no means believe. We want to be the people like, that we're, we're, we're spirit-filled women, we're spirit-filled men, and we believe God for great things. We attempt great things for God because we see a great God, and we're, we're going to step into eternity believing in his greatness and who he is because it's true. It's who he is. He's not going to change. He's the son of God. You can't change that. He's not going to change his confession. He's not going to say that he's something he's not. Jesus is the son of God. And he's good, and what he does is good all the time is good, and all things work together for good to those who love him. And he came to die on the cross to show us how much he loves us, and we can trust him. He said in verse 68, And if I ask, also ask you that you will not, you will by no means answer me or let me go. Again, there's just, there's, we don't want conflict but something's just, there's just no resolution. I mean, the Holy Spirit says, as much as up to us, let peace be with all men. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, if, before you go to court, why don't you just try and work through it? Just try and resolve it. He said to the Corinthian church, can't you guys find one person wise enough, smart enough to just resolve your disputes? Like, but you know, some things you just, no matter how much you want to get along with somebody or one country wants to get along with another country, some things are irreconcilable. If all your neighbors don't think you have a right to exist and they're living to eradicate you from the planet, that just can't be reconciled. You're going to be at war for your existence. And that's what Paul said when we fight the good fight. The, the reality of the spiritual battle for our walk with the Lord, for our marriages that are married, for our children, for our grandchildren, for our uh, elderly adult parents, for our adult uh, siblings, the battle's real for everybody all around us. And there's just... Some things, you, you want to live peacefully with all people, but some people just will not live peacefully with you. There are people who perpetrate great evils on people, and they, even when they're being sent away forever, 
from society to never function in society again, they can't say they're sorry to the people who they leave behind in the, in the wake of their evil and their malice. Like it'd be one thing if someone took the life of people you love and they said they're sorry, that would be hard enough. But when people take the life violently, maliciously, and, and just with full brutality, and they're not sorry, and they get taken away, how does that feel? Or they don't even get taken away. That can be the human experience. And there can be, how do you reconcile those things? How do you bring restoration? See, we just have to press into the Lord in our walk, in our faith, and we need to accept responsibility for what is our stewardship. And that is to love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, strength, and spirit, and to love our neighbors as ourselves, and do the best we can to love others, turn the other cheek, and pray for those who spitefully use us. That is the instruction of Jesus Christ, who is head of our church. He's the CEO around here, not me. I'm just the little shepherd. He's the big shepherd, uppercase all the way, shepherd. And that's the way it is. Some things, it's like, it's, it is what it is. Look at verse 68. I could do a Bible commentary, and if I was doing my commentary, I'd say, well, it is what it is. It just is what it is. They're not going to release him, and they're not going to believe in him. They're not going to respond to him. It's just in the realm of time, in this timeline, it just is what it is. Jesus just says it is what it is. Look at it again. And if I ask you, you by no means answer me or let me go. It just is what it is. There's, there's nothing more to say. Sometimes you just got to walk. It's over. It just is what it is. You can't, you can't fix that situation. You can't reason with that person. You can't speak with that person. You just got to uh, agree to be tolerant as best you can as the Lord would guide you. It just is what it is. And the reality is living for Jesus Christ in 2019, anywhere on this planet, it is what it is. God wants to use you and I to win people to Christ, to become all things all men that we'd win them to Christ, to go and tell and to invite people to come and see. But in the end, the violent oppose the kingdom and they take it by force, Jesus said, and it is what it is. So we just need to be fully convinced in our own heart who it is we serve and what he's called us to do and be faithful to it. Because in the end, verse 69, Jesus says, you, you will not. So he takes them from the realm of their timeline and their generation to eternity. He said, hereafter, the son of man will sit at the right hand of the power of God. He's like, it is what it is. And you get to do what you get to do in, the, in this age of, of time as we know it. But from here on after, you will see me at the right hand of the father, the right hand of the power. You see, all of our purpose all of our hope, all of our vision, our very existence is for eternity with Jesus Christ. We're to be all in. You see people all in for all kinds of pursuits and passions and things that come and go. We are to be all in for Christ because he is at the right hand of the power. He's on the throne. He's on the right hand. He stands when Stephen enters. Everything we do and exist in our part of is to look forward to this day. The day when we step into eternity and we see Jesus at the right hand of the Father, that's the greatest day ever because that's eternity. And all the glory he has for us, all the glory we get to see, all the things that we believe by faith in his promises, it all comes to pass. And it's so beyond anything that we can cognitively understand. Because eyes not seen nor ear heard those things he has. Paradise is, as described by God three times in the New Testament, is indescribable. It's promised to the thief on the cross through his faith, and it's promised to those who overcome to the church of Ephesus in Revelation 3. It is indescribable glory. 
We have to see past this linear timeline of our generation, and we need to see the kingdom, for yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory. And we need to carry ourselves with humility and pop in our step because we serve the living God. We serve humanity as we serve the living God, and whatever justices take place, great. Let us be the hands of, of, of equity and justice and goodness. Whatever injustices happen, take it like a daughter or a son of the king, knowing that all things will be made straight. Because as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. This is hard for me to read. I don't like to read this, but this is for me, my sins. This is for you, our sins. This is for the body of Christ. This is for the sins of the world. This great injustice, this great evil that happened by men and the devil against the Son of God, the Son of Man, it happened so we can be with him for all eternity in glory. And we do say hallelujah, praise the Lord, and capital A-M-E-N, amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.